0: And just, again, I think we're taught to say these like quote unquote safety cues, but most safety cues don't make a lot of sense and don't actually reinforce or create safety. I think that we don't give the human body enough credit for its ability to like survive and handle things.
1: Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit Podcast, part of the Think Fit Be Fit Podcast Network. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the founder of Impact Your Fitness and the Think Fit Be Fit Podcast Network. I'm also a certified muscle activation techniques, RX practitioner, a certified exercise physiologist and a published course author in lifestyle medicine. This network is actually on the same feed. So this is a collection of shows that aims to elevate the conversation about exercise. This channel of shows is best described as the intersection of exercise mechanics, academic exercise science, human movement science, embracing curiosity, and popular fitness trends. Today's episode with Nikki Nab levy is about myth-busting on exercise, problems. So this is all about finding holes in these sayings and cues and sound bites that we have just casually accepted. And we also talk about very specific safety cues that actually don't help. And in fact, they just don't account for the body being pretty resilient. So we want to offer our, uh, you know, firsthand experience in helping people unlearn these safety cues and start to learn how to. Lean into their exercise, learn about their body, learn about how exercise works for them. And in order to do that, we really have to bring up these myths to the surface. And, you know, Nikki's a great guest to do this with. She's bold, she's confident, and she's also just very open about the experiences that she's had. I highly recommend that you go over to her Instagram at nablevy. So that's N-A-A-B-L-E-V-Y. That's also her website, nablevy.com. And she's just a wonderful uh, person to talk to about this stuff. And, you know, taking different positions on our thought process is something I have a lot of respect for. And I just encourage you to open your mind to the possibility that fitness and exercise it's a science that requires a thought process and a way um and a communication thought process so the way that we communicate what our body needs and what is going to help us is different person to person so Really our goal today is to unravel some of the things that we've been told about different positions and different body um, and different movements and exercises and body types. We touch on everything from purity culture and Britney Spears to Pull your belly button in and brace your core and why that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and why it might even cause problems with stability in your spine. And so, yeah, it's a pretty fun and uh, packed episode. So please head on over to wherever you get your podcast episodes so that you don't miss an episode, please subscribe. This is so important because we have different shows that come out on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I don't want you to miss any of them. You can also sign up for the newsletter at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. I would also encourage you to fill out our survey that is going to help us with our new show, The Peach Pit Fitness Podcast. And that is so that you can submit what you want us to critique, what you would like to uh, experienced trainers and you know MAT specialists and people that have, you know we have such a love for exercise and finding the right exercise for you. What do you want us to critique? We are. We have an aptitude for breaking down exercise. We have an aptitude for bringing perspective to the trends, old and new. Okay. So head on over to the show notes to take that survey. It's only two minutes, no strings attached. It would be my pleasure to receive that. And without further ado, here is myself and Nikki Nab Levy talking about fitness cues, and safety cues that really just don't work. Buckle in for this myth-busting episode. They could use in their whole entire approach, like right away, and it would help them a lot, um, get unstuck from kind of what you were saying before. It's like, well, if somebody told you this rule that doesn't exist, then that's why you keep thinking it. And that's why you keep running into this, you know, it's not a brick wall because they keep exercising, but it's like, it's like the bouncy wall, like, uh, in, in the, right. the, the bouncy cage, I don't know what <laughs> bouncy cage, um, <laughs> um, it's like you put yourself into one of those, you know? Um, so can we pivot to that? Yeah, totally. Uh, let's. <laughs>
0: Let's start with the pull your shoulders back and down and never let them leave. I mean, I, and again, it's like, which industry do you want me to throw under the bus for that cue? Because I've heard it in all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. heard it in my Les Mills body pump certification. I heard it in my Pilates teacher training. <laughs> like I've heard it in your yoga class and it's like, ah. <sighs> you have to understand shoulder blade movement. And the thing about it is, is I understand why people are saying that cue. It's because they don't want you to just elevate your shoulders when you reach your arms over your head. (laughs) But if you cue shoulders back and down, as you reach your arms overhead and say like an overhead press, if you just jam your shoulders into scapular depression, you can Google it. If you want to look at a picture, you're actually going to create impingement because you're going to knock your humeral head. That's that upper arm bone into your acromion process, which is this little sticky outy bit kind of off of your shoulder blade slash collarbone. Mm-hmm. I'm very technical of my anatomy yeah. here. And it's like, yeah, if you basically just keep knocking two bones together with your rotator cuff in the middle, it's going to feel like crap. And mm-hmm. so one of the one of like the things that helped my shoulder, because I did that for years, I'm a good student. I kept pulling my shoulder back and down, was like, oh, it's actually upward rotation. Part of the shoulder kind of goes back and down, and part of the shoulder blade goes out and away. And so, again, there's some nuance to be had, but I'd almost rather not cue it at all mm-hmm. than <laughs> cue something that just turns into flat-out biomechanical dysfunction. You know what I mean? Oh, God, yeah. I...
1: So I have two things to add to that. Uh, One is I have an advanced certification and I practice applied functional anatomy every single day with muscle activation techniques, every single day. Um, I am working at like a biomechanical level with people. And by the way, a a dude with a whiteboard is not the same as biomechanics. Okay. (laughs) So... When I, it took me two years to understand upward and downward rotation of the scapula. Um, I I worked a lot more like with soccer players uh, for the first like five years of my MAT career. Um, I was working more in like the strength and conditioning world. And I was working with a lot of soccer players. So one, I wasn't paying attention to shoulders. Um, Two you know, uh, I, and it didn't quite make sense to me that like hips and shoulders were similar then. Like it just didn't, like, I couldn't put my head around that. And there's a reason because they're not. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so it took me a while to figure to, to not figure it out, um, to learn it from someone and then apply it, uh, into my sessions and to understand why, um, how shoulder movement is related to lower back movement and hip movement and um, how the efficiency of the abdominals like, and the breathing muscles, like how that relates to shoulder health. That took me years, okay? So again, not the same as dude with the whiteboard. Uh, The other thing that came up was when when we even think about that cue, take your shoulders back and down, it's inefficient it's in so many ways cause it, we can't calculate that. Like it's not possible um, for us to be standing. And, and again, like what's the body orientation of the person we're giving that cue to? Are they go, are they looking down like a rowing exercise? Are they going like so hard against gravity? Pulling back and down, what does that mean when you're face down against gravity in a rowing position? Doesn't make any sense. Going toward, pulling them towards the ceiling might make actually might make some sense. And it actually doesn't matter almost where they end up. Um, but it, you know, because if you like basically give them more of a target with the hands, they're not going to kind of come right towards the chest. If you tell them to go, sorry, towards the, the hip. Then you have a target and then the shoulders will do what they're naturally going to do. You can't force it with a cue. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, th- I think what we're getting at here is that human movement is really complicated and everyone interprets cues differently, but it's probably not ideal to cue the opposite motion of what's supposed to happen.
1: Yes, Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs)
0: You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, we could have, we could have a three hour conversation about cueing and and part of it too, is with a private client, sometimes private clients say, I'll try to say all my, my like biomechanically accurate cues. And then they'll say something that I would never say like, well, tuck your pelvis. And they do it. They go, oh, you mean tuck my pelvis. And then they actually do the thing that I needed them to do. And I'm like, for you, yes. (laughs) So I think that's the other thing is like, it also just depends, you know?
1: Yeah and yeah like for me um uh i'm actually i'm dyslexic and it plays out in different areas and it definitely plays out when somebody's cueing me so pilates as a student for me was very challenging until um but it was also like until i had the external cues i couldn't really control anything they were asking me to do and it would take a lot for someone to pick up on that as a teacher, you know, like, I mean, it's, it that, that's so, it's just an example of somebody being like totally smart about the body and eat, like, you can't give me internal cues. Like it doesn't work for me. I'm the same way. Yeah.
0: I like, if you give me an internal cue, I'll just stare at you <laughs> like a deer in the headlights.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that would be number one on the list of things we may have learned a long time ago that don't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Zero. Um, And it's not, I mean, it's in every certification. It's a
0: thought virus. Yeah. Thought virus. You know, and, and I think that if we lead that into the pain conversation, so many people who I work with, right, I'm not back to basics, back to pain, when they're like, well, I have pain when I reach my arms overhead. I'm like, cool, can you show me what you're doing? And then I watch them and I always watch them for a reason because so often, because there's someone who's like me, who is a really good student, who studied all the things with a specific type of person. They do this weird thing, for example, with their shoulder and their back trying to internalize this cue. And then mm. they like reach their arm over their head with the shoulder impingement situation, making this face. And I'm like cool. So were you thinking about anything when you did that? And Mm -hmm. they're like, yep, pull my shoulder back and down. And I go, okay, well, what would happen if you didn't do that? What would happen if you just reached your arm? And it's shocking to me. I mean, it's not anymore, but it's, it's pretty phenomenal how many people's pain is quote unquote solved when you give them permission to just let their arm move.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wow. Talk about like creating a problem that doesn't exist um so often. Yeah. I mean, but it's a, it's like, you know, one of the problems with the f- fitness industry is that if we create a problem for them and take away their power in a way, decision-making power, you know, we kind of win in a way because they become reliant on us. And that's yeah. that sucks.
0: It's a great, it's a great business model to teach people that they're broken and that they can't trust themselves and they have to rely on an external source and a list of weird rules to live their life Mm. because they'll always come back to you because it'll never work.
1: Yeah. Um, And that's something I've been preaching as like (laughs) the new paradigm of fitness in general, like do not pay attention to people unless they're giving you autonomy, unless they're giving you power to make your own decision um, education first, you know, that whole, um, you know, being, uh, having discernment around the content that you, uh, engage with. I think one of those things is, you know, do they help you think about the problem and solution versus like just giving you that list and supporting, you know, a consumerism model that is just, you know, um, too many challenges, too many, you know, 30-day promises and things like that. Anywho, (laughs) sad. Um, So the second one, um, I think it was the good old-fashioned pull the belly button in.
0: I can't. I mean, again, I can. It's amazing (laughs) to me how many... (laughs) And and this is, this is very Pilates. I'm going to get canceled by every Pilates teacher in the world right now. And I don't care, but right. And, And again, it, but also taught, also taught in fitness. Let's be clear. Oh yeah. Right. This idea of like, pull your belly button to your spine to protect your back. It's like when you, particularly when you start strength training and learning how to manage load, you realize what an asinine cue that is, because if you're always drawing everything in you can't control intra-abdominal pressure. And again, going back to creating problems that shouldn't exist, if you're always sucking everything in, there's actually like a large number of Pilates teachers who have pelvic floor dysfunction Mm. because they've been sucking in for so long. Mm -hmm. When they try to draw the pelvic floor up, they actually bottom it out. And this just goes back to this weird belief system that I have to think has something to do with the aesthetics of your stomach looks better with air quotes, flatter, Mm -hmm. right? Of like, you're never supposed to let your stomach expand, Um, Mm -hmm. but your spine isn't more stable. It's like trying to lift a heavy load with a crushed Coke can. So Mm.
1: Mm.
0: again, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a breathing cue that doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. So Actually people imagine climbing, climbing up
0: stabilization.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. So imagine like climbing up a ladder and trying to get somewhere or trying to step on a crushed Coke can to get up there. Like they're just two totally different structures. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so the spine being the ladder to me, uh, yeah, no, the, but I, you know, here's the, the, but there's one re there's one place that this cue works and it's bodybuilding because it's part of their pose right is that where it came from maybe I probably came from Pavel
0: I, I don't think no. so I don't think that I don't think in Pilates land this one came out of no. fitness I, I got I'm gonna throw the dancers under the bus mm. on that one I don't know if it came from the dancer aesthetic I draw. I truly don't know I don't actually think that Joe Pilates taught it but I don't really care much about that history again getting canceled left and right here yeah. but it you know it's just I think what you brought up with the bodybuilding thing is again, context matters, nuance matters. So it's like, if there's a reason that you're pulling your belly button to the spine, or if you're doing it for an hour, I don't think that that's necessarily going to create pelvic floor dysfunction. I don't think it's going to make your back hurt. I don't necessarily think it's going to create a problem. But if you internalize that cue to the point that it becomes a bizarre holding pattern, Mm -hmm that that's all you do walking around all day. And then you wonder why your back hurts. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. And that's an issue that actually happens. And that type of breathing isn't normal or functional or natural. And I think that if we take that breath, and we then apply it to say power lifting, it would be a disaster. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where we have to stay open and curious and go, I was taught this cue. It may or may not be problematic, but it's definitely not going to, quote unquote, protect my spine because injury prevention and injuries are way more complicated than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, when it comes to like the pulling into the spine and trying to protect the back. Um, it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work at all. And it can cause problems uh, for like the breathing patterns, which then places more stress onto the you know, the soft tissues of the back and the SI and, um, creates an efficiency in the abdominals. And as someone who treats, uh, you know, in this like biomechanical neuromuscular way, everyone, we start with the control of their pelvis and, um, the intra, like the abdominal, the abdominal efficiency and, um, you know, I I've seen it all. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I could, I could draw out multiple like scenarios where like it is dangerous, not dangerous, not helpful. And sometimes just, you know, uh, making the problems, you know, stay like, it's just not helping.
0: Yeah. I think it goes back to the value of saying less.
1: Mm. And oh, yeah.
0: being more open to reading the room and, uh, And just, again, I think we're taught to say these like quote unquote safety cues, but most safety cues don't make a lot of sense and don't actually reinforce or create safety. I think that we don't give the human body enough credit for its ability to like survive and handle things. Mm, And there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of reasons why we think this way, but I don't think anyone ever fixed their shoulder by pulling it back and down. I mean, I'm sure there's one person and I think for the most part, spinal injuries are probably not going to be prevented based off of how you sucked in your core.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know for, you know, there's, I I've had to help several of my clients like unlearn that, that whole behavior. Um, so yeah, I mean, oh, so inefficient too. It, it, even if beyond like the injury concerns, it just like makes you inefficient and what really winds my winds me up is like seeing people just be inefficient in general with their time in the gym. Like, yeah, again,
0: I think it's just in some ways you're almost better off going in with less information and doing whatever mm. you do with your breath than you are doing this weird thing that was taught to you. Mm.
1: Yeah. So that's the bottom line. And then what was the third thing? I forgot already.
0: I think. Oh, yeah. It was moving outside of ideal alignment is not going to result in injury.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Man, um, yeah. You know, you know. Another thing I would put on the list as well. I'd, I'd like to grind some gears with um, clamshells in general. <laughs> You mean the be-all end-all of glute meat exercises with no transference to standing? Yeah. Yeah. That one, that, that whole, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's, it, it ends up core again, like back to like relying on my biomechanics, uh, like how I apply it with muscle activation techniques every day. Um, I think it's more of a QL exercise than a glute medius exercise, I mean, the way most people execute it, yes. Yeah. And for all
0: the clamshell, you know, enthusiasts out there, um, look, if you want to do a clamshell, you can clamshell your little heart out. Like in the, if you can get into the right position and feel the right area, so you sort of, I'm like, okay, this is where this muscle is. And then you can stand up and load it now that you have sort of some kind of mapping of it. Mm. Great. Like, again, when applied in the right context, it may have some value, But Mm -hmm. to think that that alone is going to support someone in controlling, um, you know, how forces transmit through their knee joint when they run or they walk or they squat, unlikely because it's in a completely different orientation to gravity. And I mean, like what you said, it, it for most people, because we don't have good mapping or good movement patterning, again, not going to hurt you, but it does turn into sort of a glorified QL exercise, which again, fine to use your QL, but if that's not your target muscle maybe you're not going to get the outcome you were looking for.
1: Yeah. I love that concept of mapping and uh, teaching that to people. And, you know, if they're ready for it, um, not everybody is. I mean, mapping to me is um, what you, it's 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 a loose way of saying it. And I, I hesitate to say this, you know, the things that you move together, kind of wire together, you know, is one way to, you know, if we had to give it like a 10 second uh, if I had to give a 10 second explanation of what it is, but I love explaining that to people. I think it's like super useful information. Um, especially if they're, if if you're in that cycle of trying to exercise with consistency without like an unreasonable amount of pain or discomfort, you know, like that it's a really cool concept to, to learn. Um, uh, do you have anything to say about that or you want to shift over to that alignment? Uh, I mean,
0: let's let's dig into the alignment thing because that's the one that, yeah, without fail, I'm sure by the time I open my phone at the end of this conversation, there's <laughs> going to be some white dude with a NASA cert that he got last week who's going to tell me that I'm wrong, which is fine. <laughs> but it, again, it's just... It's so much more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. But it's also so wildly impractical because life doesn't happen in ideal alignment. Like we're sitting here and neither you nor I are sitting perfectly aligned, stacked in a chair. Like I've got one leg crossed and kicked out to the side. I'm Mm kind of slumped. It's like... And I know why it happens. It happens because the people who hear that don't understand loading principles Mm -hmm. and they don't understand, like, usually when something happens, it happens because like we're unprepared or surprised and we're not able to react quickly, right? That's often how an injury may happen. Mm -hmm, Or mm -hmm. it happens because we just repetitively just keep pounding the crap out of our joints in a position that we're not well prepared for. Mm -hmm. right? Like if I do a bunch of push-ups and my wrist extension sucks, yeah, my wrist might feel kind of crappy, especially if I don't have control Mm -hmm. or if that's the only exercise I do, right? Repetitive movement. And it's like, when you consider those things, I think that the idea of ideal alignment become like, it's a model and it's a helpful model to look at if you're going to be like, wow, you're really specialized in these ways and you're really unskilled in these ways. Mm -hmm. So, Let's, you know, let's fill in some of these blanks where you're unskilled and see if you feel better. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily tell someone they were unskilled, but my brain is kind of like, okay, we're good at that. We're not so good at this other movement. But this idea that if your knee goes in, it's past your toes, it's going to explode is
1: ludicrous. Like, how are you going to
0: get up the stairs? How are you going to get through life? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, the ideal alignment. Uh, And sometimes that comes up in my sessions with people. And I almost like, just go skip. Like, I don't even want, I don't even like cross, like, it's so, uh, not helpful to just think that we have to be in this like North, South, East, West world. Cause that's, again, it's like, that's not how we exist. It just doesn't like, okay, let's talk about these principles of like, you know, all the motion available to us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And alignment is individual. Yeah. And asymmetry is normal. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's really important for people to realize we're not symmetrical Mm. and we're not going to live in ideal alignment and ideal alignment is a made up model. Yeah. It's not real.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, I think I would, I would put some blame on like chiropractors (laughs) for this one. Um, you know, they, they, um, and even so now when you say the word chiropractor, there's many different types and approaches. I totally understand that, but there's also only two schools in existence. And you kind of like, we have to realize that like the generation of people that are outside of the, that box is so small, you know? And, um, yeah, I haven't given much thought to chiropractors in a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I w- I would think that that they'd be at fault for uh repeating that one over and over and over again. And the knees over toes thing, I don't know where that started. That really gets on my nerves too. And then there's one um in the strength and conditioning world about like quad to hamstring ratio. Oh and it's like bro, like <laughs> your night. your quads have to be strong. They're like and they're like the anti-gravity muscles. <laughs> like of course, they're going to be stronger. Like they are so. Like the rectus femoris is so strong. It's. I mean, I'm very impressed. Whoever's listening out there in anatomy, uh, kingdom. But well, it's
0: all it's all gobbledygook, pseudoscience that's not grounded in yeah. anything, right? It all can sound really smart, but it doesn't. It just doesn't translate very well to real life, and it doesn't hold up. Anything that can be said in a soundbite or fit there that fits on an Instagram card or in a reel,
1: mm.
0: for the most part, unless it's like drink water and eat vegetables, usually is probably kind of wrong. And sometimes it might be kind of wrong in a helpful, overly simplified way. But when it comes down to, oh, like it, it's basically like one of those like beware of dog signs for fitness, mm-hmm. like you know what I like beware of board. X. Uh, yeah. Right. If, if if you can slap it on a bumper sticker, it's probably not something you need to take to heart.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Alignment bad. Knees over toes bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree with that. Oh my gosh. So we just have a few minutes left. Um, you know, so any of my clients listening, sorry, if, <laughs> if that sounds like I'm dismissive during our sessions, but I'm just trying to get work done and I really don't have time to go into how wrong like you know perfect perfect alignment is um so there's that um anything else we missed um i think the last few minutes i'd like to just comment on um brittany and you know my uh i think there's a big um reflection about what's going on in this conversation about fitness and unveiling um some of like the fundamental problems and what the the I don't know the conversation around free Britney is and purity culture I think these are intertwined what would you agree yeah I mean I think it's you
0: want to talk about reflections like I I remember you know, I, I, I'm, but I was born in 85. Right. So like Britney Spears is like part of my upbringing, like in a lot of oh, people. For sure. She's yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Right. I was
1: born in 82.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we all kind of grew up around that time where it was like normal to like act, Normal, not normal, normalized to ask someone like Britney Spears or Jessica Simpson. So, are you a virgin? Have you kissed someone? Have you done that right? And 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 it was weird. It was like this thing where like women had to be like really sexy, but then they also had to be virginal. And you had these like old men, record label people, like controlling these women's lives. And that's what dictated our culture. And you want to talk about that performative aspect of how, you know, being like, you need to be likable and pretty and good. You want, I mean, you want to, you want to talk about how that translates into fitness, Mm -hmm. likable and pretty and good and like following rules that don't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Where behind the scenes. It's all a mess. Yeah. Right. Clean food, bad food. I mean, our culture is just broken. And I, I think fitness culture and pop media culture and purity culture, I think they're all one in the same. People just people, people often just use fitness as a way to replace religion Mm. Mm. and show their goodness. And it's really
1: gross and disturbing Mm. to, yes, to, yeah, to show their goodness. Yeah. Just feeding the ego, just feeding their ego of, look, I can do, I can, I can, you know, I am Great. And getting the reinforcement yeah. right
0: from our culture. Like it's it's very much reinforced. So yeah, I think you can look at this whole free Britney movement and all the problematic things that happened, and it's like, yeah, it's all wrapped up and it all carries over to fitness.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, I I definitely um I yeah, I remember in high school, so I'm the same age as Britney um, I remember, am I maybe a year older, um, being triggered in high school by baby hit me one more time because, um, you know, it was gross. It was, it was, and it was just like, it it was triggering to me because like boys that I may have like thought were cool and like interesting were like, oh my God, Brittany, look at that out. Like, and uh, like drooling over that innocence and that outfit. And I was like, oh my God, like that was triggering to me. I obviously was raised, (laughs) my, um, my mother, very, um, what is it? Um, outspoken, uh, liberal, um, very like, you know, strong-minded, get into the community, get your hands dirty kind of lady, uh, overdid it to many, in many aspects, like, you know, Um, covering up her own anxieties and whatnot with like all this volunteer work. But like, you know, I saw that, um, I still, I saw that starting to um, show itself, you know, even back then as like a 17 year old. And then, you know, she represents like the whole timeline of um, like Madonna, like it's even like a Madonna, not Madonna, like the pop star. I mean, like the Mary Magdalene, like, that whole conversation about, you know, um, you know, uh, being, a, a, how, how disrupting it is for a woman to be herself, you know, to, to culture in general, like it represents all of that to me. So I think, um, so thank you for, you know, just <laughs> like, you know, it, it kind of entertaining, um, the conversation that way, because, you know, I, I, I think um I just don't want it's just like another one of those culture things. I just like don't want to see it get blown over and like at the same time I just felt so defeated like seeing Bill Cosby get out of jail, you know, in the same week. And I'm like, like the oh, same day.
0: Yeah, right? I Was think, it? Yeah. I think oh. it was literally the same day. Britney Spears <sighs> finally has her moment right, speaks out is like, I have no control or agency down to my birth control, which is appalling. And then they're like, let's free Bill Cosby. And now he's planning his next comedy tour special. And it's like, and I mean, you want to talk about parallels to the fitness industry. How many problematic, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm a feminist. How many problematic white dudes do we see who'd like sexually harass women in the fitness industry? Mm -hmm. And they continue to have a platform of hundreds of thousands of followers. And it's like- and, and because they're being propped up by all of their friends who are also famous on the internet, it's like, we never see any change. Mm. We never see a shift. And we continue to create this exclusive situation where to circle back to the original beginning of our conversation, women feel like they have to perform. They feel like the space isn't for them. And we end up mistaking, we end up mistaking the modality because the kettlebell or the, you know, barbell is neutral with the culture, which is toxic.
1: Mm. yeah. Yes, second that the 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 barbell culture. I'll just say that barbell bro culture is it's toxic. Um but you know there's a there there is a little bit of a parallel to it where you know the barbell can also be equalizing, you know, in a way as well. Um and I think this that conversation in particular will continue uh, through the Olympics which will probably air, which will start, I think this will air like probably a week after that uh, does. So, oh my God, so many conversations to be had. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bringing me on and talking about all my favorite
0: things to rant about.
1: (laughs) Check. Um yeah so uh tell people uh where you are and um how to say hello and um anything that you're you would like to promote. Sure. Uh
0: so I would say if you are if your preferred way to engage with me is through listening, I have a podcast called Results Not Typical. And you can find Jennifer on it. So Mm -hmm. go check out that episode. That one's already aired. Uh, My Instagram and my website are both at Nab Levy, which is impossible to spell. So just find it in the show notes. Uh, And then I have a YouTube channel that I'm going to be filming a lot of tutorials on. So if you're curious about strength and movement and troubleshooting sort of all the weird little pain things that happen during all these exercises in Pilates and strength land, feel free to check that out. And I have an email list. So I write things sometimes so you can engage with me over there.
1: (laughs) Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you guys so much for listening. I had a ton of fun talking to Nikki about those various safety cues that are not helpful. Uh, There are many solutions to finding better cues. One of them is working with a professional, of course, and then the other one is to learn about how your body works and... Through that process, I think you'll find a lot of the regular fitness idioms and sayings don't really make sense. (laughs) That's um, my favorite alternative anyways. So if you'd like to engage with myself, I'm over on Instagram at Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz, where I share a lot of... uh, what I'm doing, you know, for my self care and exercise, but I do have a course that goes through how to be your own exercise guru. And that's what it's called Be Your Own Exercise Guru. That class right now is on waitlist. We have not opened it up for the fall, but we are doing so very soon. So head on over to the show notes or my Instagram to get on the waitlist. At com, you can support the show by purchasing from our affiliates, which are high-performance nutrition companies that I use myself, and signing up for the newsletter so that you stay connected in uh, into what we're doing and the stuff that we are sharing on a week-to-week basis. For example, we go live about once a week on know how to use the information that's in this podcast platform, because some of it is complicated and and very much rooted in science. That means we have to constantly revisit things and question how we interpret them and and work with that information and revisit it as a forever student, really. And that's one of the beautiful things about exercise. Um, And thinking fit is really about that mindset of digging into the details, keep learning and keep improving. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode and I hope you LOL'd with us and uh, if you would be so kind, let us know how much you enjoyed it or what you're learning on iTunes with a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon.